This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mm. It's like it's about to get deep. That's right. Mm. Welcome back to the mm. internet. The boys are back together again. The boys. And if there's one thing about us, we're ready. We all spit bars in it. We bike. Boys are back. Yeah. The boys are back. All three of us put together. Thanks, Sam, for the last episode. It was amazing. Thanks, Sam. We having a good old time. Sunil out here looking extra skinny. Hey. It's the guy right here. Don't discuss me. This was an old podcast, but it was like academics, academics, and Nes- is her name Neska? Nes- um, Nadeska. Nadeska was on with Irv Gotti. Have you seen mm-hmm, this one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where they talk about Cash Money and what what mm-hmm. um, Baby and Slim their their deal with Universal. Mm-hmm. That's insane, right? You hear those numbers? Yeah. <sighs> but you don't believe it. I'm not gonna say I I I, I don't believe it, <laughs> but I would just have to check the receipts on that one. Um, Irv Gotti, a couple of things that Birdman says, I'm gonna have to check the receipts on. Cause it, but this is somebody else talking about it. Cause he said that his he got the fifty fifty deal. Mm-hmm. He said Birdman got that ninety ten. Like I said, I would have to check the receipt because Birdman said on um, on the same show actually when he went there that. Um, that the largest check he ever got was like four hundred and sixty million dollars, and he gave Wayne a hundred million, he gave Drake two hundred million, he gave Nikki sixty five, and then he said he recently said the same thing on another podcast. So it's just kind of like I don't know because Bird, I know Birdman was having some money issues. Like, was he? Yeah, where he lost the house and stuff. But listen, I don't want to talk about Birdman. Because I already know he pull up all three of y'all. <laughs> okay, there's three of us. Is he gonna pull up on all three of us? Hey man, you the only one talking. I'm over here saying I believe everything that Birdman says. <gasps> Welcome back to the Man on the Internet podcast. My name is Kerbin Jensen. My name is Sunil. Hello. I'm Chris. <laughs> Chris. Yeah. Hey, Chris. So for, for a little bit, it's been me and Chris and then me and Sunil holding down the fort. For a bit, you were a little under the weather. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling great. That was a long feeling time good. ago. What? Was it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. It's been like six weeks. You're probably good now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, to the viewers, that was last week. But Oh, uh, was it? <laughs> Whatever. There's been two episodes of me on in between. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, especially since we were like, in the last episode, we were like, Sunil's sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's fine now. Yeah, he's good now. All right, so Sunil's well, we good. just taking you back behind the curtain right now. <laughs> Cut that. Hold on. You got the button. Yeah, okay. Um, so you're doing okay. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. Cool. How's life? That's great. Yeah. Can't complain, man. You're about to go get tan very soon. Yo. You're about to go get tan. Oh, 
yeah, man. Birthday's coming up. When's your birthday? November 1st. November 1st. I'm a Scorpio. Is Scorpio a good sign, Crow? To me. Uh-huh. It's the only sign I got. Damn, that sucks. I got mm. options. You're a you're a rising star, lowering moon. I think you're an Aquarius. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the best one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. I don't know what they do. I just nah. Actually, every time I tell somebody, or if I tell a, a female, so you know, it's usually females that ask mm-hmm. what your sign is. Yeah, and I'll be like, how they got this stuff just into their brain? Right. I can't mess with a Gemini. Yeah. So I was like, so they'd okay. be like, oh, when's your birthday? November first. Oh, you a Scorpio? Mm, you trouble, but so you I are trouble though. But they no, say about every single one of them. Do they? Are you a Leo? That's ah, yeah. I don't you know a Virgo? Ah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You yeah. trouble. Get out of here. You My baby know. daddy was a Leo. <laughs> I can't mess with y'all. Uh, but actually, you know what? I don't really get that. As an Aquarius, I don't get that almost ever. People mm-hmm. just say, "You gonna pay attention to yourself? You're not gonna pay attention to me." You right. <laughs> I find it interesting. <laughs> <Nailed> it. <laughs> How you know that? <laughs> I, like I always tell people like that that are just like so rigid with that stuff. I'm like, man, you really think that you know how this is gonna go out because uh, a day that I was born on that I have no control over. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, right. it's facts. <laughs> you ever read those things and you're like, damn, this is me. <laughs> they have to, they're so generic. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I think it's generic enough for it to be anybody. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you always project but you, yourself but yeah, into it. Like, yeah, yeah. You find yourself into yeah. it like, damn, I really am a scorpion. <laughs> hey, you know your, your your boyfriend's Scorpio. What are you saying? I'm just saying. Who like, is? Your boy. Well, why do you say the moving on? <laughs> <laughs> the dude you obsessed with. The certified. 50? The, cert- the certified. Get out of here. So, uh, for a bit, it was me and Sunil, me yeah. and Chris. And now we got all the boys back together. All the boys. Okay. All the fellas. It was back on the internet yes. one more time doing what we do best. Talk about shit. Yeah. So, today we got a good episode for you guys coming up. So, we want to talk about, ultimately, oh, man, cancel culture. Mm. The thing that gets everybody in trouble, but what I also feel like is... Free press. Why are we talking about this? Because our man, your guy. The GOAT. Is he really? I think so. Chris is an avid um, stand-up person. Thanks. <laughs> right? Like you, you, <laughs> I follow comedians. Yeah, yeah you're a comedian I listen guy. to a lot of comedians. Who do you think is the GOAT? The greatest comedian? Yeah. I don't know. That's Norm McDonald? That's hard. Norm is Norm great. R.I.P. Rest in power, Norm. He's just had this way of... Talking forever, and you're like, "Where is this going?" And then the stupidest punch like comes out of his mouth. You're like, "It's hilarious." <laughs> He's thanks a great, waste of my time. Great story, like, legit. Thanks. Mm-hmm. I think right now mm-hmm. it's Chappelle. Really? Yeah. Who's you, who's competing? The, it's either Chappelle or Bill Burr. Bill Burr in my books right now. To me, Bill Burr lost a little bit of his umph um, a few years ago. He got two classic specials, two, but. Uh, you know who I've been listening to a lot? I've been sending him to Chris. Tom Segura. Tom Segura's hilarious. He's, He's part of that good. whole crew. Tom. Who, wh- which crew? The Joe Rogan crew. Really? Yeah. yeah. Tom, mm, Joe, Burt Kreischer, and Ari Shafir. Burt who? Burt Kreischer. The oh, guy okay. who's always uh, shirtless. On they got um, Brian oh, Callen, like Brandon Schaub, um, all those dudes. So they're all per- they all do stuff together. Yeah, I mean, like Joe Rogan. I mean, he started a comedy club in Austin, and all of them are gonna be coming through and stuff like that. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I think Tom's moving to Austin. Too. Yeah, Tom yeah. Segura. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's pretty funny, man. I just yeah, started listening to hilarious. him. You know, you know, I like me. He has his own. Up. He has his own pod too. It's called yeah, like Two Bears in a Cave or something like that. Yeah, it's him and Bert. Oh, really? Yeah. Somebody got to pay the bill somehow. And yeah. he has one with his wife called Your Mom's House. <laughs> cool. That one's really good. But Let's anyways, see, yeah. But who do you way. think? Is, who do you think the goat is? Ah, uh, Chris Rock. Mm. Chris Rock. Yeah, Chris Rock is my guy. I like. I like that he brings in like real life situations, mm-hmm. and then he he. It's like intelligent. Like mm-hmm. he has the intelligent jokes. But I didn't like. I don't. I haven't liked his last few things. But he's got like blacker's um, uh, bigger and blacker. Bigger and blacker. 
He's he's got like three classics to me that I listen to all the time. Like whenever I hear "Who Taught You Octagon," I'm like, oh man, you know, Mary and Barry. You know, I just love it. But um, Dave Chappelle, I've never been able to connect to him. However, the one right before this last um, sticks and stuff, sticks and stones. I watched that one twice. Yeah, that one, I, that one was good. That one was good. That's why he was in that green jumpsuit. Yes, yeah. looked like he was a Ghostbuster. Juicy yes. Smollett. Juicy. My man Juicy. I, I don't even know his real name anymore. I'd be calling him yeah. Juicy. Juicy. I don't think anybody Spoolier. calls him yeah. anything other than Juicy. Yeah. Juicy Spoolier. I forgot his real name. But uh, yeah, so our guy Dave Chappelle dropped uh, his, last, his one last one, number six, off the $60 million deal. Mm. Yeah. And the closer. Nah, now, I ain't watch it. I ain't watch it. But I'm going back to say he's going back to what he did with the Sticks and Stones. And he's poking a bear that will get angry. It's not a sleeping bear. And that's the whole LGBTQ thing. Yeah, but that's not how it started out. That was the bulk of it. Mm-hmm. But Chris, you watched it, right? Yeah, I watched it. What? So what'd you think about it? Take um, away, like, after the, did you watch it how many times? Once? I watched it once. Okay, me too. I watched it once. Me too. What, was, what did you think about? I liked it. I thought it. he poked a lot, but he also... Justify what he was saying Not justify But he would He explained what he was saying Why he felt the way he felt I heard and, that And part. all that stuff mm-hmm. So it didn't feel like Ah oh, this is me blatantly telling you I'm right you're wrong No he was like This is the way I feel This is what's happened in my life And this is how it's gonna relate to me Like I can't speak for everybody else mm-hmm. But I can speak for how it affects me Was it funny? I thought it was pretty funny Okay So I think Dave Chappelle's the GOAT Mm-hmm. I've loved all of his stand-ups. All of them? Yeah. Damn. Until this one. Wow. The way he, when he started, he started off real aggressive with yeah. the jokes. And I was like, ah, I can't even laugh at this because this is just real. So, so let me what do you mean by aggressive? The, the, not even, I guess the insults or just the, the punchlines on his jokes were real. Like, whoa, can you... So you need to say it, it like that. Scale it down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this was the first. So let me take that back. The stuff that he's been putting up on YouTube, mm-hmm. like the stuff after George Floyd mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I, I haven't that. thought that those were that funny either. They're not funny. Right. Them. So this was the first like special special that I feel like his main objective wasn't to be funny. I don't think he's trying to be a fun dude anymore. Right. And I think this was the first Sticks and Stones. The main objective was to be funny and mix in the social commentary. Mm-hmm. This one, to me, and I don't know, Chris, maybe putting it in that perspective, it didn't seem like his primary focus was to be funny. It was to explain certain things. Yeah. And which is really sad. I don't think a comedian should have to do that. I yeah. think... You're a comedian. Your number one job is to tell jokes. If people get offended, they get offended. Like you can't. I don't think he had to. I think he wanted to. But uh, yes, because I heard a promo where he was like, "I'm not trying to offend you, but if I say something that's offensive, it's because I'm trying to be funny." Right. And to me, that told me everything I needed to know walking into this. I'm gonna watch this probably tonight because I love Sticks and Stone. Kill like to me, Sticks and Stone killing me softly. Genius. I thought the closer got funnier towards the end. That's it. So the last story, and I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it for you, but the last story, I heard it already. What? Oh, you heard it? Mm-hmm. Genius. Mm-hmm. So that's what saved it for me. Really? Was the way that he told the last story, the point of it. It was deep. It was serious. But he also, it was funny. And the end was like the most hilarious punchline mm-hmm. that like crystallized it all together. Mm-hmm. But the first half, Kelby, not good. I almost turned it off. It was, yeah, wow. it was real. It was just too much. I was like, okay, it wasn't right. funny. When's the like? Okay, let me see. Because I'm getting, I'm getting two things from you. You're saying it was too much. You're saying it wasn't funny. Yeah. You're, you're saying that he tried to be funny and it didn't work, or he was just saying things that were actually not funny. Yeah, they just weren't funny. They were just like I don't even not aggressive. I don't want to say aggressive. It's like not the word I'm trying to capture it with. But so he like, wasn't trying to tell jokes. It was a joke. He hit it with a punchline. But I was like... It was kind of like how his other things that on YouTube were. It was a, an extension of that. Where he was just like TED talking. 
yeah. mixed in with like a punchline to be like, oh, I'm still making jokes. But he's that. really trying to make a certain point. Mm-hmm. Like he talked about the vaccine. He talked about, um, and then he like pretty much 75% of it was just the explaining and talking about the LGBT community. And, the, and his biggest point was, look, I've been consistent of how I've talked about this. Mm-hmm. It's not about trans. It's about white people. He's like, I just don't like white people. What? Yeah. It, it was a joke, obviously. But Oh, okay. In the way that he said it. Yeah. It was like. But that's what he talked about. He's like, when I talk about Bruce Jenner, when I talk about it, it's the it's the same thing that I feel like. And he even talked about, I'm jealous. Like, as a black man, I'm jealous of how well your movement has done. Because we've been trying for 400 years to get the kind of, uh, have the kind of impact that you guys have had in 10 years. Um, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> um, I also, I, you guys have heard me say this before and you've disagreed with me. But I don't like when entertainment is captured by a moment. So, him talking about the vaccine, the baby... And his thing and all that stuff, I think that would be good to put on YouTube or, you know, to put on an Instagram post or something like that or to do in a set that's just like your set. Mm -hmm. But that stuff fades away so fast that what's there to relate to in 10 years? But see, that's what I think is different about this one. That's why I said I don't think I don't think he cares about I don't think he wanted replay value in this. Mm. I think this because he called it the closer. Mm-hmm. I'm stepping away, and that's this is the point that I wanted to, that I wanted to make from this one. I think that this was him. This this was for him. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about anything else other than he wanted to say all of these things, mm-hmm. and he was just like, "Fuck it, if it's funny, it's funny. If it's not, it's not." I got this deal. Yeah. I got an extra one. That's to it. me, I think that he purposefully chose this stuff. Because it did, it it brought his name up to the light last time on Sticks and Stones so much that it was like, no, I'll just keep doing this. You know, that's what that's what I. As soon as I heard the outrage or quote unquote outrage, because I don't, we we could talk about that in a separate sense. Yeah. The outrage or the response, I would right. say. But the moment I heard what he was talking about, I was like, oh, because I'm not gonna say a name, but the last time. He did the special. I heard people saying, I'm not going to watch it because he mentioned the LGBTQ community. And I was like, well, how are you? How do you know you're going to be upset about it if you didn't watch it? Right. He was like, he's not a part of the community. So we're not we don't even want you to put that in your mouth. And so I think that that's a visceral response, which means if it bleeds, it leads. But he also ended it by saying, I'll never write another joke about this. Though. Good. That, but that's what I'm saying. Like to me, this was him crystallizing a certain phase of his. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't think being funny is his main objective anymore. You know, he's Do you going think he to, could still be funny. He was. It at certain points, it was hilarious. That's why I'm saying, like a guy that's this that like effortlessly is hilarious. Made up, made it an active thought to put this piece together sorry and it not be ridiculously hilarious he did this on purpose what is the movement with comedians going straight like their their bits not being funny and they're just like these intelligent people with microphones because to tell you the honest truth i don't want to i don't want it like well, it's your job to flip it around and tell me what you're trying to tell me but make me have a gut full of laughter, you know, because people are going for the uh, the applause, right? Versus the laughter. Well, I think that that's only a select few, though. right? Yeah, but stop. I think that <laughs> I think that this is pretty on brand with what we've seen Dave Chappelle post um, post Chappelle show. So mm. I think he needed to get the credibility back after he left the show. So he had, you know, the stand of the three or four stand ups that were just hilarious. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the two that he had just in the in the closet and then the two he put out that were like uh, fresher stuff. Mm-hmm. But if you've noticed, he's been doing a lot more interviews. 
Because mm-hmm. he has a podcast, right? Well, yeah. I don't know if it started yet or not. I think it did. It's with Talib Khalib and... And uh, Most Def. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't heard any of it because it's behind a paywall. Man, we ain't about to pay. Yeah, but... Uh, and I haven't really heard too much about it, so I don't know. That's why I didn't think it was... I think I heard something about it once. Okay. That, that was it. But you saw the YouTube stuff. Mm-hmm. He's come out and talked about... Um, like boycotting Chappelle's show on Netflix because mm-hmm. you know what I mean it, his thing is more think 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 tank now it seems like more than comedy and that's why I think that this being and it's he's saying I'm stepping away for a, a while from comedy yeah he said this is my last special for a, a long time that doesn't make any sense but that's why I think we're gonna see the next phase of Dave Chappelle he's probably what? gonna be a business owner because you know he just set up the the comedy place in Ohio and all that kind of stuff. I just don't understand the move, but perhaps he's not used to putting out six specials in three years or four years. And then also you also you evolve as a person, right? I think he understands the power of his voice. Mm -hmm. And I think he feels deeply about some of the stuff that's going on right now. And I think that he feels like he has an opportunity to make some real change. And look, there's a, there's, there is, I don't think it's a coincidence that the person he tours with the most is Joe Rogan. And Joe Rogan's doing the same thing on his podcast. Hold on. He tours the most with Joe Rogan or is it Donnell Rawlings? I mean, as far as like those are opening acts, I'm talking about headliners together. Really? Yeah, he does a tour with Joe Rogan. Hmm. And so obviously they're hanging out a lot, talking a lot, and I'm sure they're realizing that, look, there's a lot going on here that we don't agree with. We have two huge platforms and we gotta we gotta we gotta do something about it. So is Joe Rogan serious too now? I don't think in his comedy, but he has the biggest podcast in the world and he is going think, at everything on it. I think Joe I haven't heard Joe do stand up in a while. I think he's just his podcast persona is is the main focus now. You know, when I saw uh, Joe Rogan do uh, stand-up for the first time, it actually threw me off. I've seen him live. Really? Yeah. It it threw me off because i never seen him do stand-up before. You know where I know him from? Fear Factor. Yeah. I know mm-hmm. him from Fear Factor, and he was just a regular dude with hair mm-hmm. and sideburns. Mm-hmm. And then I watched his podcast, and he's just kind of like a calm, chill dude. And then I watched him do stand-up, and he was like... Really energetic. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. What is this? You know? So... I'm curious to see what he's going to do now, but Joe Rogan's effect is insane. Yeah. He could he could switch up a, a political campaign. Yeah, by going on to he that. could he could change the na- national narrative on things, yeah. and anything he says will go viral. Because nowadays, and this is this is kind of which to your point that you were talking about. Nowadays, um, there's people that know they make money off of criticizing mm-hmm. a Chappelle. Mm-hmm. criticizing like that's their whole platform is whomever is the establishment mm-hmm. white or what's it called toxic masculinity mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. that's their whole platform it used to be trump right. trump is gone now yep. so now larry elder yeah but now <laughs> now it's the joe rogan's it's mm-hmm. the dave chappelle's like whomever they could fit into that box of toxic male masculinity mm-hmm. That's their whole. That's their whole magazine. That's their whole blog. That's their whole. They can't create anything if it's not for these guys creating that or saying what they're saying, right? This is gonna sound a little bit off. <laughs> this is, this is, what'd you do? They they're listening. This is gonna sound a little bit off, but I think that that goes hand in hand. Just stay with me. With why there's hate against Facebook. Okay. Political hate. The reason why is because these people are changing narratives with conversation. Right? Mm, With selective conversation. With select, well, with conversation. I'm going to leave it there. With conversation, they are changing the narrative. So... With people listening and having easy access. Well, are we talking about Facebook? You're talking about Rogan and... Uh, I'm kind of mixing them together. Because so, I think there's two very separate things between the two. But go, I don't... I'm okay. Sorry. Yeah, okay. So, so think about it in this sense. Like 2015... 20, no, no, no. Let's go to 20, uh, 2007. Okay. 2007. 
2008, what happened? Barack. Barack Obama becomes president. Why? What helped Barack Obama become president? Um, a terrible Hillary Clinton. No, social media. Oh, okay. Right, social media. <laughs> Everybody used to say to think. Social media, Brock is the most socially right. engaged president of all time, blah, blah, blah. He, he was the first young Facebook, yeah. all this stuff, right? And then so, but when it worked in their favor, mm-hmm. this is great. But what happens when you have people who are thinking, not even, a, not even against you, they're just questioning you. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then they take information and allow it to be accessible to the whole planet. And also, what if the setup doesn't cost very much? What if the setup is a microphone, two cameras, and a laptop? That means that it is easier and easier and easier for the average person to find a voice. That is scary. Right. To when the I think establishment. It, right. Because when I think about Joe Rogan, I don't think about a guy who's on the left or a guy who's on the right. I think about a guy who asks questions. Right. The most dangerous person in the world is a curious one. Right. Because who knows what they're about to find. So when I think about Dave Chappelle and his switch from funny to whatever this is that he's doing now, the speaker, I continuously say I hate it because that's not the box that I put him in. Right. Maybe I don't want to hear that from you. But does that mean that he's saying the wrong things? No. And does that mean he shouldn't? No, you should do whatever is true to you. Exactly. If that's who he wants to be now, then... I can't hate on it. Yeah, and why should he give a fuck what you think? Exactly, right? I mean, he should if if, if his integrity lies in a different place. What do you mean if, by that? If he knows that he doesn't need this anymore... Then do whatever you want. Right. But there are people who are out there that are playing the game for the people. If you remember the conversation that Cat Williams had with Joe Budden, mm-hmm. and he was talking about saying offensive things as a comedian. And he was like, I do have to change my words and my language and my jargon up because this is not for me. This is for the audience that I'm serving. So for the audience that I'm serving, if they don't like it, I have to change it but what if Dave Chappelle doesn't have to play that game he doesn't we all know that already for now maybe but I think that he's already gone beyond he has so much credit in that industry Mm -hmm. that he'll never have a non-sold out show he'll never have a a a special that we don't run to to watch does Dave Chappelle change uh, political landscape if he if he wanted to I think so and the reason why is because um, think about the power he had with Netflix. Mm-hmm. Think about the power he had to get Chappelle show back. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think could have done that? You know, I've, I've, I've heard a lot of people ask that question before. And I think that there are a select group of people who could have done that. Um, but very few. It's not everybody. Even some really popular people mm-hmm. don't have that kind of power. And you know what? When I think about it, that's more power with the people than it is with Netflix. Yeah. It's more power with the people because he says, don't watch my show. Everybody says, cool, let's turn it off. But imagine if you walk into Netflix and he doesn't have the people behind him. Right. Netflix says, buzz off. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm so saying? there's certain people that are popular, but their fans. Won't. So let me let me let me let me put it this way. Nicki Minaj is a lot more pop, a lot more powerful, and a lot more of a threat to the establishment than, let's say, somebody who's a bigger than I. I think Jay Z. I would say that, and, and let me let me explain. Okay, first, Nicki has the barbs. That's exactly what I was going to say. And the barbs will do whatever she tells them to do. That is more power than maybe somebody who's just more popular, but doesn't have that cult like following. I don't know though. Well, that's why that's why Joe Rogan's so dangerous. That's why yes. Chappelle, I think, is somebody when you ask the question, does he have the ability to change the national landscape or national conversation? I do think so. Because he can tell people do this and he has 
a, a substantial amount of people that will do it. Just like uh, Nikki comes out and talks about the vaccine and they're the, the White House is calling her the next day because right. they know that her fans are the type they're of fans mobilized. that yeah. they mobilize. Now, the thing, the only reason, the only thing I disagree with is Jay-Z because there's dudes who will never pick up a jersey again because Jay-Z <laughs> said not to. If yeah, you know but, what I'm talking th- about. but you're from the West Coast. Yeah. On on the East Coast, that's the guy. Probably. And, and maybe I, I was just grasping I know, for a name. I know, but yeah. I know. But I think, like, if you, like, a different celebrity. Yeah. Because, you know, people don't see Jay-Z as a rapper anymore. Right. I don't want to change the conversation to Jay-Z, but I want to just make sure that the comparison is the same. Yeah, so let's, somebody let's throw who has, Jay-Z out. Let's just say somebody. Maybe Diddy. or Yeah, like, if Diddy said yeah, something, so look, it Diddy, would just kind of go Diddy did the whole Rock heads. the Vote campaign. Yeah. That didn't Nobody do anything. Cares. Right? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, like Diddy's probably more famous, more wealthy, mm-hmm. more successful mm-hmm. than Nikki, but Nikki is more dangerous. Yes. Because she has, she can, she has like you army. said, mobilize yeah. people. Chappelle can mobilize people. Rogan can mobilize people. So directly answering your question, that's why I feel like Chappelle can change the national landscape. And more importantly, I think he wants to. He that's, always used to stay away from it. Yeah. Now he's leading right into it. That's how Trump got into it office he got people that love him that's why trump's dangerous too that's why they that's why they got him the fuck out of here right because of they were afraid of how much power he had and it's not within it's with outside outside of the walls yes we're gonna talk about um the response of the people cancel culture all that stuff after this break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed all those ads. Um, so let's talk about response. Hi. And how people are taking in uh, the conversations that Dave Chappelle is having with the public. Now, I want to take this real quick to Little Baby. Mm. Oh, I'm interested to hear this connection real quick. <laughs> let's go. Little Baby or Dub Baby? Little Baby. Okay. Le Bebe. Le Bebe. The one who got arrested in, in France. France. Okay. Le Bebe. Le Bebe. Last year, 2020. <laughs> okay. Le Bebe came out with the picture with the uh, song The Bigger Picture. And the song had a good message. It wasn't anything too deep, but it was just kind of like, yo, we need to come together, da da da, all that. And um Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. But it was a it was a very unique take at Black Lives Matter, I think. Because it was like, yes, Black Lives Matter, but we need to understand 
It like, starts with us. Yeah, yeah. We, we got we got to take a little bit of under, time to understand our actions and all that kind of stuff. And I, and, I, and it got a good response. I think it got like BET Song of the Year, whatever. Right. But his response to everyone's response was, "I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do this again." Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting response because I think he made the song. Just seeing what's happening in the world and just had an, a, a true Visceral, feeling. Genuine. Yeah. Just like, yo, put, play a beat. I have things to get off my chest. Mm-hmm. And then he said, nah, because celebrities have this responsibility from the public that you're supposed to take care of the public. You're supposed to be a model citizen. You're supposed to da, 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 all this stuff. And he was like, no, no, no. That's not what I was trying to be. That's not what I'm trying to do. And he strayed away from that conversation. Right. Now I want to I want to go forward a little bit in time to now the conversations about the vaccine. And LeBron James recently said, I meet my family and I got the vaccine, but I'm not here to tell you that you have to get it either. Another basketball player, I'm not sure who he is, but he's a, a white guy. You may know who he is. But he was like, it is LeBron James' responsibility. Yeah. To say you're supposed to tell people to get the vaccine. Heinous Cantor. Heinous Cantor. Heinous. 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 Okay, thank you. So those two things connect to me because now celebrities have a choice to either stir the pot or to be genuine. And so I think about. I don't know if the, you could be genuine and still stir the pot, stir the pot. Yes, so but I don't think genuine difference. is the right word. No, no, no. I I say genuine because yes, I just blurted something out. It stirred the pot, but that wasn't my intention. Mm-hmm. Versus intentionally saying I am going to say things that I know will light a fire. And whenever, and like I said, when I started hearing the stories about Dave Chappelle, it almost felt like he just threw it into the news cycle. Boom! I'm going to do this so that I can get this. Now that I'm seeing posts. Of people saying he's a black man in white face, he's transphobic, he's this, that, and the third, all these things. It makes me react in a way of saying, did he just do this on purpose so that we can all go watch what he's talking about? I don't think so. Why not? You have to watch it. Because it's coming from a genuine space. You know that for sure? I mean, of course not. I don't know it for sure. I'm not in his head, but I can I can know with the same... Uh, level of veracity that you can know that it's not true, but I mean the way it resonates inside of you. Yeah, I, it's an. He wasn't trying to say anything. He was literally defending what he was saying. He brought up his whole career mm-hmm. as far as how he spoke about certain subjects. It came from a genuine space, and it it came from a space that it seemed like, hey. I think you guys have the wrong idea of me and is being misconstrued my message. Mm-hmm. And the he this is like I think this whole special was let me tell you out of my own mouth. Yeah. Because I know what the media is going to do. But I feel like that's what that's I um, would I would agree with you if uh-huh. this was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It's not funny. So, so this is like, this reminds me of when Eminem says something shocking and then turns around and says, I'm sorry, I said something, something shocking. Yeah. Why not just say something shocking and then keep it pushing? But that's what Chappelle's doing. Cause he's already come out and said F, um, Twitter, F ABC news, F NBC that are all doing all of these pieces about him. He's like, he's like, fuck you guys. I don't care. He's like, I said what I said. But the message, like, that's what I'm trying to say. You have to watch it. I'm going to watch it tonight, for sure. What he was doing wasn't speaking to the media. He was speaking to the actual people that are watching that might think these certain things about him. Okay. He's like, let me tell you my side of the story. This is what, why I say these things. Mm -hmm. He didn't back away from anything he said he didn't apologize for anything he said he was explaining it he's like this is my this is how i feel this is why i say these things and um and this is the um intentions that i have Mm -hmm. right chris would you would you say the same thing like it wasn't it wasn't like shock value kind of stuff no no i think he definitely just spoke his mind and that was that was that Mm -hmm. and he's pretty frank about it when he talks about the different um, subjects that could Did you think it was just gratuitous and just like he was just trying to 
like have a moment like Kobe's saying like I think at the beginning it felt like that it mm-hmm. was very much like oh, okay all right I guess that's the joke let's move on and <laughs> <laughs> and uh but towards the end he starts again explaining exactly why he feels the way he feels and just like Sunil said he never apologizes he's just like this is this is it this is what I feel yeah. and he's drawn a parallel to um to being black He's saying my yeah, yeah, what, what I'm what I'm why all of this stuff is like I say these kind of things is because I'm bl- I'm a black man and like and that's where he's like I've been very consistent and so when I I don't think we can take especially in 2021 how uh, society will um, consume and react to anything mm-hmm. because. Everything is cancelable. Every like mm-hmm. you have to make it cancelable for these blogs and for these magazines and stuff. Not to pick it up, for them to be able to survive. It has to be I hate this. It has to be if it bleeds, a it villain. Mm-hmm. They, they have to create a villain. They mm-hmm. can't look at this piece and be like it like it could just be art or it could just be like let us put ourselves in his perspective. No, it's like let's boycott it. Let's do this, let's do that. So 2021's reaction of society i don't think should be a reflection upon his intention Mm -hmm. because at that at at his level no matter what he said there was going to be somebody that reacted the way that can make it seem salacious it wasn't salacious it just makes me wonder um is it was it necessary maybe it was on his heart yeah that's what i think it was um but i actually want to talk about i want to i want to bring this back to social media really quick let's do it and I, I want to bring it back there because um, recently there was a whistleblower yeah. that, that said that Allegedly. Facebook chooses profit over the safety of its users. Duh. Now, I'm going to think about this. I'm going I'm to just throw this out there. Newsflash, so does the government. Sure. And <laughs> there, there's, so many, there's so many directions I want to go in. Uh-huh. So let's go into that direction very quickly. Okay. Yes, so does the government. The reason, um, the reason that that is true is because if you think that the government should regulate a business like social media, like f- Facebook and WhatsApp and whatever, that just means that you have the utmost faith in the government that they're going to be there to do right by you, mm-hmm. right? And how often do the, does the government does, do right by you, right? So um, I say this because I want to think about the narrative of effect, right? These blogs and these newspapers and whatever that feed you information purposefully do it so that you can get a reaction from it, right? right? There are people who tweet things for a living so that you can, I hate this, I love this, share. It has to be entertaining. Right, it has to be something that grabs you. Versus social media, I don't think is an actual thing. Here's why I say that. I don't think Facebook I don't think Facebook exists to detri- to be a detriment to your life. I think that people on Facebook exist to be a detriment to other people's lives and they have a goal of making you feel insecure or making you angry or making you happy or making you feel nostalgic or whatever. But platforms exist and how people mess with them is what affects the people. I would Does agree. that make sense? I, absolutely. But I'd only agree with that if Facebook doesn't come in and and select. Yeah. Well, that's the. Okay. That's great. That's great. Here's why. Mark Zuckerberg was on the opposite side of that five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yo, Facebook exists. Say whatever you want. This is a platform. Do whatever you want. Just don't be up in there killing people. Right. Okay, cool. Fine. We all agree to that. You can say whatever you want. You can see whatever you want. You can react to whatever you want. Right. The real issue with Facebook started coming when now they have to play God. Right. Mm, That's not good enough. Or that's too mm, for the public. That's too blank for you guys to see. Now we have to throttle information. Now we have to put this on there. Now we have to do that because... Goes back to my point. People, right? People keep using this thing and they just don't like what the people are saying. So they made this hard left turn 
And now they're not a platform anymore. They're just a publishing thing right. that says, I like what Sunil's saying. Press the button on that. And here, and here's here's where it became trouble is at the end of the day when you allow humans to be involved, we all ha- <laughs> we all have our biases. Mm-hmm. So it might not even be like a maliciously, like you said, malicious intent. But at, the, at, at a certain point, it happens when anybody's in charge. If you like this person versus this person, more than likely, you're going to go with the person that you like. Mm-hmm. And eventually, if you choose that thought process over and over and over again, there's going to be a certain type of person that always gets the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And I think when you when Facebook got so big mm-hmm. to where now you're getting calls from the president mm-hmm. and senators mm-hmm. and saying, yo, can you make sure that that doesn't get out or that doesn't get out or that doesn't get out? Mm-hmm. It's human nature. It takes a very strong-minded individual to to be able to step like stand your ground when there's that much pressure right yeah and i don't think that i don't think that zuckerberg had any like intent i think this just got bigger to than what any of these guys could fathomed and then at that point you know pressure comes and you decide to do whatever you decide right how do you feel about the fact that she says that they choose profit over um the safety of people and she uh, i think she's a plant Yes, let me just finish the point mm-hmm. where she's saying that social media is detriment to little girls who are using it and blah, blah, blah. They're sure. developing body issues and all that stuff. But what about Teen Magazine? Yeah. From 1980, whatever, where they show Corey Feldman and whoever on the magazine who have perfect Hollywood bodies who are who have surgeries and blah 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 and makeup and hair and hundreds of thousands of dollars invested into their bodies and they're plastering that and then the kids are buying it and it's coming to their mailbox and they watch it every single month. Is that any different? It's the same, but coming from the entertainment industry, whereas social media is coming from your neighbor. <laughs> but no, now, but here's I don't the think thing. so. I don't your think your neighbor. Is your neighbor may not, your neighbor may have the intention of posting it to make you feel a certain kind of way, but that's on you, right? To feel that way. Well, well, here's the thing. Does that make sense? I guess, but the problem with social media is it gave everybody access to the same thing. So when you were a child, you weren't able, like adults are speaking right now. Where'd you have to go? You had to go to the other room, right? That's not how it goes in social media. Mm-hmm. You have access to everything. So maybe children that aren't like just children in general aren't ready to for all the information that they're getting right mm-hmm. to process it. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it's better to I mean, most of the times it's better to get to a point where your understanding level is higher before you get exposure to a lot of this stuff. And so when you talk about going back to the point that, you know, social media or Facebook specifically um, chooses profit over um, over the safety. Well, that's anybody Mm. at a certain point. They're going to choose. Does that make it right? I don't think Mm -hmm. it makes it wrong. Okay, because it's I don't know if it's their moral authority or their their. Like morality wise, it's not up to them to decipher. Like I don't think it's the government's job to de- decipher morality. Like I, I don't agree. think so. Like at a certain point, morality is deciphered by individuals. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be an entity that decides. Like the Catholic Church shouldn't decide morality. The Christian, the Hindu, like Muslim, shouldn't be deciphered for all. For all. That's yeah. what I'm saying. For all. If you want to subscribe to that, that's sure. Fine. But if you don't want to, okay. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't. I, I think that LeBron James chooses profit over what's best for society. When um, what's his name? Um, John Cena started speaking in Mandarin and apologizing because he used Taiwan. He said the word Taiwan. He was choosing profit over what's best for society, right? So, like, I think we all do that at a certain point. 
So I I heard about that. Can you just touch on that real quick? Yeah. So basically, he was promoting a movie. Mm-hmm. So we you know more than most people how much how big China is in the movie industry. Sure. Like how Number much one. money comes from there, right? Mm-hmm. So a movie like Fast, I think it was Fast Seven or whatever, Fast Eight, one Fast of those. Fast Nine. Fast Nine, mm-hmm. whatever number they're on right now. Yeah. He was promoting it, and he said the he said Taiwan. So in China, there they don't. Um, they don't act like Taiwan exists. It's just a part of China. They don't believe Taiwan is a sovereign country. Mm-hmm. That's only like the rest of the world. But in China, Taiwan is just a part of China. So he said... He used the word Taiwan. So they don't even use the word. That's... Got it. Bad. So what do they call it? Just China. China. It's China. They don't. It's not called a city. They don't have a... I don't know. Providence in China. Something like that. Wow. It's, but you can't... You don't use the word Taiwan. It's not a sovereign country. Wow. U.S. thinks it's a sovereign country. The rest of the world thinks it's a sovereign country. Okay. But that was the whole thing with the the WHO. Remember, there was that big interview where the one of the people from the World Health Organization... Mm-hmm. Um, they were the interviewer was asking him, "How can you talk about how well Taiwan has been doing with, um, with their COVID protocols?" And he wouldn't acknowledge that Taiwan was, wow, because one of the uh, biggest investors in the World Health Organization is China. So then John Cena had to go on this apology tour where he was apologizing in Mandarin for what oh, he said. Poor John, because. The problem was obviously they they threatened to pull his, to pull the movie from China, of and course. that's where of course. most of their money comes from. More than the U.S., they get of more course. money from China. Of course. So, of course. isn't that him choosing um, profit over the well being of all those people in Taiwan that are? Uh, how does that connect though? What I'm saying is, at a certain point, when 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 um, when LeBron defends China because his shoes sell there, and the NBA is over there versus. U.S. interests, that's kind of the same thing, right? So at a certain point, we're all, at a certain point, we can't judge people for doing what's best for themselves and their family. Because at the end of the day, you're thinking about one thing. Maybe Zuckerberg is thinking about his family or his employees or his, you know, there's a lot more responsibility for all these people, right? John Cena, you can say, oh, he's doing this because, you know, even though it's anti-U.S. or whatever, but John Cena also realizes, look, it's not his just movie. There's yeah, there's money behind exactly. it. Exactly. All, yeah. all yeah. of the all of the staff, all of the crew members, all that kind of stuff. Him personally, he'll mm-hmm. be all right. Sure. But like he understands that if this movie flops, there's a lot of people that might not be all right that right, right. don't have the same benefits that he does. For same sure. with LeBron James, same with Mark Zuckerberg, same with Donald Trump, yeah. same with Elon Musk, same with um you know, the guy that owns Amazon and Bezos, Mm -hmm. all of these guys have a lot of responsibility and they're the ones that end up becoming the villains. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, people don't put into perspective everything else that's going on and how their decisions actually impact a lot of people. Oh, for sure. I definitely understand that. Um, You know, I think that, what do you think about it? I think one of the dangers as well of social media is, I'm not going to call it misinformation, but I think it's the quick response without information. Without, without, the, without the usage of available information. So but that's a societal thing, don't you think? It, it is because people first respond first versus be right. Yeah. It's more important that. to be first than yeah. to be right. And it's tough because when you read it, sometimes the wrong thing sounds so right. Right. And you can walk around with that in your brain. Um, but I again, I think it goes back to having a people problem. Like I connect social media to gun violence. You know, my, my brain does that. I say, you know, when people say that we have gun violence, I think we have people who have problems who have access to guns. That's what I say. So that was so when I when I see social media, social media hasn't done anything to you, but I think that other people, including yourself, harm yourself. Mm, but I think there's a little bit deeper of a psych. There's a little bit deeper of a psychological thing that goes on with social media. Yeah, but it's no one else's fault. Yeah, but it's also it's just part of it. Yes, it just it's just a thing. It's but just like how alcohol is. Exactly how gambling is like. It can become a problem. So do you blame the... So do you blame... So alcohol to most people 
will, could be fine and drink and it won't mess up their lives and all this kind of stuff. Right, right. But to certain people, it'll fuck up everything in their life. But that's a you problem. But that's what I'm saying. So do you blame alcohol or no, do you blame? I don't. So yeah, that's what I, that and that's I'm not saying you personally. I'm right, just right, saying right. you in the um, euphemisms type way. But like that's the biggest thing because yeah, does social media have negatives? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But are you supposed to blame the platforms or do you blame yourself? And I agree. Yeah. I believe that self accountability is more important than than that. But we're seeing that there's a large major, a large portion of society that doesn't think that people are smart enough to 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 fend for themselves or don't feel like people are can hold themselves accountable and they believe that there should be entities that come in and dictate well then here's the thing back to Dave Chappelle mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw Charlemagne say if you don't like Charlemagne and them and the posse if you don't like this Dave Chappelle thing, don't watch it. All right. Okay, fine. Let's accept that to be the bar, the yeah. standard. Now, I'm going to say the same thing about social media. If you feel like social media is making you feel depressed or sad or blah, 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 delete it. Sure. Delete it. However, Charlemagne said they need to turn social media off one week a month so that people can separate from them. Social media is destroying the world. Social media, social media, social media. How come in one in one place you could put the blame on the people, but in the other you can put the blame on the entity that built the platform? So to me, it's not any different. If you don't like Dave Chappelle, don't watch. If you think uh, Facebook is destroying you, then delete it yourself. But here's the thing, Kelby. The people that are complaining aren't the people that are disciplined enough to make that choice. Whose fault is that? But what? But I think yeah. <laughs> well, I, we're saying the same thing. But the I understand. But yeah. the reality is, there's the the percentage of people that are disciplined enough to hold themselves accountable and make those type of choices, and even if they can't um, identify what the problem is themselves, if somebody else comes to them and be like, "Yo, you have an issue with this. You have to fix this," or mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. they have the discipline to fix that. Mm-hmm. That percentage of people is extremely small. That percentage of people correlates with people that are very high earners and very wealthy people, very successful people. Yeah. So how many, how, what percentage of people are like that? Very small percentage compared to the masses. What's the solution then? Education. No. I think the, the public is saying that the solution is they need dad. That's what the public's saying. You ask me. It's education. It is in, guys in, like in Dave sense? Chappelle coming out and and so here's the thing this the people the masses Mm -hmm. also follow they they also are easily manipulated by demigods so they create these demigods right Mm -hmm. so it takes a people with a big platform to speak the quote-unquote truth Mm -hmm. like what joe rogan's doing like what maybe Dave Chappelle's doing. Like what maybe whatever side you fall on and Nicki Minaj did. How do we know it's the truth, too? That's a good question. That is a great... That, and that's up for debate, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but what I'm saying is... And I specifically point to Joe Rogan because I think he's extremely important in society right now. Mm-hmm. Because of what you said, he questions everything. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be conservatives that watch that show and be like, he's crazy for saying this about Bernie Sanders and all this, like falling in and saying, yo, I'd vote for Bernie Sanders. And then the, those same people that are cheering that will hate him because he of his stance on vaccinations or his stance on, you know, certain, something else. Guns, right? Um, and I think that is what's needed is more people that are brave enough to just, or create people that have created that platform to be brave enough to continue in those conversations. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's interesting because I'm going to break one of my... It's people's fault. It's your own fault rule. Because I think that most drugs should be illegal. Okay, Charlemagne. Yeah. I think, (laughs) well, I think that because of what you said about the ability to control one's self. Right. Right. I think that when I look at drugs and I hear people say, people fight harder for drugs than they do for education. Right. Right. I think that when you see something as detrimental as a drug, 
Mm-hmm. Um, if we notice that the kids get into the closet, then you should just lock the door. However, <laughs> I'm like split between it, right? Because it's like I, I'm all about people being able to do whatever they want, but this ain't good for you. So it, it, it's a very interesting conversation that this whole Dave Chappelle thing has has projected, like turned us into, because they're like, what what is best for society? Right. But here's you know? here's what the issue is, and I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying the problem is is as a society, we don't we don't we feel like we shouldn't allow people to fail. Mm. And that's what causes the, I guess, the uh, conflict Mm -hmm. is because at a certain point, if you choose to do drugs with everything that is known about drugs Mm -hmm. and you mess up your life and you ruin everything and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. If we were a society that didn't that was heartless or just didn't like we're like, well, that was your choice. That's your decision. And right. But the but what becomes the issue is now we have um stuff we want like in the human nature i'm not saying the issue i the wrong I, I don't know how to um eloquently talk about it without sounding like a dick but like what i'm saying is we have and we should have like safety nets to to like we, yeah, we yeah, create yeah. rehab centers and we create yeah. you know all these kind of helping things hand. helping hand which yeah. then is taxpayer money and all this kind of stuff so the people yeah. that are looking at that are like well drugs well why don't we just and drugs, so I'm not paying for this rehab center, right? Yeah. But if we didn't pay for the rehab center, maybe people wouldn't be thinking that. I don't know. I, but what it's, I'm saying, see what I'm saying? It's like such a it's a delicate balance. Yeah. Um. I say this, and then next week you'll 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 hear me say, I think all drugs should be I think all drugs should be legal. I'll probably I'll like I, it's something I bounce between, you know, of the freedom of the people and what's best for the people, and um. And I also want to. I also think it's interesting that Netflix allowed Dave Chappelle to put this thing out. Um, but I also think that that means that Netflix puts profit over the safety of sure. the people. And I don't. I don't know, Chris. You could tell me. I don't think this was his most like out there special as far as like what he was saying. I don't think it was that crazy compared to like other stuff he said. Um, uh, not necessarily, but. It wasn't that much more, I think, toxic to use just lack of a better term. Like what he was saying wasn't any more heinous than what he said on Sticks and Stones or what he said on, you know, Killing Me Softly or whatever. Whenever he makes those jokes, it was all around along the same lines. I don't I don't think he took it to another level on this one. No, I don't think so. It was just kind of surprising. You're like, oh, shit. it just wasn't funny. So people took it like probably different. It wasn't as Um, well crafted as the jokes that he has on previous podcasts right eager to see what you think about it i'm gonna watch it tonight i'm for sure just project and then maybe we'll revisit it yeah um all right we only have a couple minutes left i wanted to talk about one last thing uh youtube pulled down two of r kelly's channels Mm -hmm. um (laughs) it's interesting because the guy has his fingerprints throughout you know music certified he's on certified lover boy did you hear 40 explain that no Okay, so um, this is going to be tough for the music industry because R. Kelly has been, the door has been open for him to get into so many lanes. Right. So Forty explained that there's a guy speaking on one of the the songs and there's an R. Kelly song playing deep in the background and you can't hear it. However, R. Kelly owns that audio of the guy speaking. Because his song is playing deep in the background. So they were like, to get that piece of audio of the dude speaking, they had to go through R. Kelly and give him a writing credit. Do you believe that? But you can't hear him on the song. I mean, if you listen to their song, you can't hear anything R. Kelly related. But if you know anything about music industry, if you list, if you watch um, uh, that show with academics, if you listen to anything Wayno says, that's 100% accurate. Mm-hmm. If you just go on any rapper's albums, mm-hmm. you'll see a bunch of names, writers. writers and stuff like that. That doesn't mean they wrote the song. That just means like samples. Everybody who gets who wrote the original song gets a writing credit, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely makes sense, you know. Um, and I, I don't see that as a reason for somebody to lie. But mm-hmm. it just goes to show you that, I mean... 
we have megastars today that are remaking R. Kelly songs. Right. Like, The Weeknd has a great song that was an original R. Kelly song that, like, could you ever sing that again? You know? There are people who are... Can you play Space Jam ever again? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just, like, there. there's that conversation of people saying, well, YouTube, you're putting yourself into a tricky place. Right. Because rappers are not the greatest people. Sure. You know? Where does it end? Yeah. If you've murdered somebody, can you no longer be? I see YNW Melly still on YouTube. Yeah. So OJ I, Simpson still is on YouTube. Well, the glove didn't fit. <laughs> oh so, yeah, that's true. He wasn't yeah. convicted, but yeah. um, but yeah. So did you also see that article that said after he was found guilty, his streams went up by like five hundred million? <laughs> That's like, going to happen. Yeah. That's going to happen. I mean, um, it's tough because can you, it goes back to the question, can you separate art from the artist? I can. I can too. I think R. Kelly's music is phenomenal. Now, put it in perspective, some of those songs are just nasty. When you think about like the lyrics, lyrics and what was going on around that time in his life and just all that kind of stuff so i understand i understand why people feel uncomfortable with it mm-hmm. but i do agree with you taking those channels off mm-hmm. creates a really crazy precedence because mm-hmm. now how do you where do you stop yeah I, and they've been youtube and other streaming platforms have been doing this on and off for the past several years xxx mm-hmm. before he passed away they took his stuff down Somebody else. You know, it's always going to be somebody else. Yeah. And I do understand you don't want to be paying the guy. Like, you don't want money to go into his account because you think. But that can't you just demonetize right. it? Um, I think maybe he can, you know, they can sue him, you know, because it's not really R. Kelly's music. It's the labels. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they so can demonetize for anything, right? They can, but the label can sue them. Hey, you know, you're demonetizing our assets. You know what I'm saying? Just because R. Kelly's on it, R. Kelly is somebody we. But wouldn't paid. they be able to sue for this as well? If you just probably, complete, if you completely take it off, that's I think more harmful than probably. demonetizing. I'm sure there's some lawsuit about to happen, right? For sure, um, because the labels. I know Trump is trying to go lawsuit at like Twitter, Twitter, yeah, yeah. So these social media companies, they claim to be platforms, but they're not. They're publishers. They are editing the things that you were able to right. see like to close off and everything i posted a meme on my story two weeks ago and it's it was a, an actual joke meme where it was like this guy sent invoices to facebook and google and yeah, blah, yeah. blah blah and it's at the top it said free him you know like it's funny uh-huh. i got a message from instagram that says post this again and we'll delete your page because it's misinformation wow and i'm like what what like you can't even decipher comedy anymore. Right. That's absolutely true. You know, Adam Masseri said that Instagram cannot dictate, uh, cannot, uh, rev- it can't see cultural things. So that's why when you see certain posts like the N word, they got to block it out. They got to, you know, block curse words and things like that. And that's why um, Mark Zuckerberg was interested in making Instagram for kids. And it's like, I don't even know if that's, a good idea or a bad idea? It's it like a genius be, bad idea. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, and what what's the name? Jack from Twitter. He said um, on Joe Rogan's show that he thinks that there should be two Twitters. One Twitter that's the one that they are able to censor and things like that. And then a Twitter that's Wild Wild West where they don't censor at all. That's what Twitter used to be to me. Right. The and, Wild, but what Wild they're West. saying is like going into it if you sign up for that twitter you know what you are yeah. getting into yep um and then another one that's more like the one that they have right now but then there's always there's always going to be somebody that takes advantage of it and messes it up for everybody yeah and i that's think true. that's just society you know um so yeah man i don't know yeah good conversation though you know, so much stuff is happening in the world, and I think it connects back to these guys who pick up a microphone and start talking. So right. keeping that conversation alive. We'll catch you guys next week on the uh, Men on the Internet podcast.